You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Timothy 4, we started last Sunday morning, and I didn't get very far, but uh, that's okay. We'll just uh, have a good time tonight for a few moments. It says in verse 1, now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that means distinctly, the Holy Spirit is speaking clearly, uh, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Uh, When you have uh, some skin that is seared, uh, maybe that is uh, scarred and that, that skin no longer has sensitivity to feel uh, pain. You no longer have the feeling that you once had in those fingers or those hands. That's what happens to people's consciences. Eventually their conscience, it, they, they tune God out so much that eventually they don't even hear the voice of God speaking because they have said no Too many times. It says in verse number uh, six, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Verse seven, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Notice that word in verse seven. It says, exercise. Verse 8, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us tonight as we look at your word. I pray that you would uh, do something in our hearts that only you can do. I thank you for the wonderful day we've had. I thank you for the powerful message this morning. I thank you for the great singing. I thank you for the fellowship. I thank you for the many workers today and all of the buses and nurseries and junior churches and Sunday schools and the, the preparation for all the good food and the cleanup after. Lord, we've had a wonderful day, but I believe you have something for us tonight. I believe that you want to speak, and I believe that you have a message for us. And I pray that we would not miss what you have for each and every one of us tonight. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We discussed last Sunday morning that from this passage of Scripture, there are those who exit. There are those that depart from the faith. There are those that will leave the faith. And that's a sad thing. Uh, I hope and I pray that, uh, uh, that I will not exit or, or leave from the things that I've been taught and the things that this Bible uh, instructs me in. But I want to remind us that none of us are exempt. Were it not for the grace of God, we tonight could be away from God. We could uh, be, be living for the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we could be backslidden. We could uh, denounce the faith that we once held, and it's only God's grace that, that keeps us, and it's only God's grace that we're here tonight. We discuss those that exit. Tonight, I'd like to draw your attention to another group of people, and this is a group of people who exercise. Now, I'm scaring some of you right now. You're thinking, I don't exercise. 
and I don't have plans to exercise. Well, I think it's a good thing to exercise, and I'm, I'm all for it. I need to do a whole lot more of it. But I'm not talking tonight about physical exercise, but notice what it says in 1 Timothy 4 and verse number uh, 7. It says, exercise thyself rather unto, what's that word? Godliness. We're talking about spiritual exercise. Verse 8, for bodily exercise profiteth little. And by the way, there is a benefit. Uh, there is a profit. There is an advantage to exercising, and I'm all for it. I'll read you in a minute. I'll read you some things I read this week that will scare you to death about all of the effects of not exercising. Basically, you're going to die is what it is. I'll give you the whole list, but it's not, it's not good, okay? But bodily exercise profiteth little. So there is some profit in bodily exercise, but so much more so, so much beyond is their profit in godliness. It says it is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. You see, there are those who exercise. There are those who exercise themselves unto godliness. They, they live for God. They serve God. They try to please God. And in so doing, they are exercising themselves spiritually. By the way, I want to say that's the reason that some people exit. The reason that some people do not stay with the Bible and do not stay with the faith is because they never do anything. It's because they sit like a bump on a log. And eventually, they don't even come to church. And eventually, they don't even read their Bible. And they don't even pray. Uh, there are some Christians that the only prayer life they have is, Lord, bless this food. Amen. And I think you ought to pray before your meals. I'm, I'm for that. But if that's the only prayer life you have, and if the only Bible reading you have is reading bumper stickers as they, you know, they pass you on the roadway, that is not going to sustain you spiritually. The reason that some people exit is because they uh, get away from the, the exercise of godliness. Notice with me in verse number uh, seven. It says, but refuse. That word refuse, it means to reject. It means get away from and get rid of profane. That word profane means ungodly or wicked. And then it says, old wives' fables. Now, I looked this up because... This is not saying that just because there is a woman who is a wife and a woman who is up in years, that doesn't mean she doesn't know what she's talking about. Obviously, I thank the Lord for some mothers. I thank the Lord for some wives. I thank the Lord for some ladies in our church who have great wisdom, who are a blessing, uh, who are faithful in serving God. I, th I think some of the best Christians we have in this church are some of the ladies we have who are senior citizens who are faithful every time the doors are open that serve in the nursery and sing in the choir and serve in the, uh, the meals and the luncheons and they serve and they pray. And so this is not saying that ladies don't know what they're talking about. But here's what this is saying. There were some things that were going around in Paul's day, and now he's warning Timothy. He said, there's some people out there that are saying some pretty silly and some pretty foolish things, and those things are not true. The Bible says they're fables. And that word fables, it means it is a myth. 
It is, it, is, it is made up. It is all a falsehood. And don't fall for the fables and do not fall for the lies of the devil in 2021. Can I tell you, the devil still got some lies today. And I'm not talking about the ones they tell at the bar. I'm not talking about the ones they tell at the nightclub. I'm talking about the ones that many churches they tell and they disguise it and they clothe it as the Bible. But it's no more Bible than USA Today or Reader's Digest or the comic section of the newspaper. Can I tell you, that's why we got to read the Bible because we got to make sure we can discern between what is true and what is a fable. There are many empty uh, or vain or silly fables that are being told today. You'll have a hard time identifying error if you're not familiar with the truth. That's why we need good, sound Bible teaching and Bible preaching. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, he said, avoiding profane and vain babbling. 2 Timothy 2, 16, but shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Can I tell you, we must get grounded and, and, and solid on the truth of the word of God. I believe, and if you don't believe it, you have the right to believe what you want to believe. But I just happen to believe that we have the word of God. I don't think we're still looking for it. I don't think we're still trying to figure out where the Bible is and, and what, what part of the Bible is really right and what part of the Bible is not right. And I don't think we need a committee to go correct the Bible. I believe we have the Word of God. I believe that it is inerrant. It is without error. I believe that this book, and by the way, uh, uh, please, I hope you understand, this is what our church believes. You look at our Constitution and you look at our, our doctrinal statement. We believe that this book is the inerrant. It's without error. It is the infallible. It will always be the Word of God. Can I tell you, there are some churches and there are some Christians, they don't believe that they have the Bible. They believe the Bible's full of mistakes. They believe the Bible is full of errors. They believe that you can pick and choose. Well, friend, I want to tell you, I don't believe you can pick and choose. I believe that we must believe every word of God. I believe we must live every word of God and obey what God has taught us. I believe we have an inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. You say, well, pastor, I believe. I believe that when, when God gave the words to Paul, then I believe they were inspired, but I don't believe we have them today. Well, I got news for you. God would not tell us all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and Paul would not be saying all Scripture is given by inspiration of God if Paul did not have the Word of God in his day. And guess what? He wasn't around when God gave Moses the first five books of the Bible. Paul wasn't around when the, 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 the Psalms and the Proverbs were written. He wasn't around when the prophecies were given from Isaiah and Daniel and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. But Paul said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. I believe that we have the Bible. And can I tell you, if you ever start listening to somebody, whether it's on the radio or it's on the television or you start reading their books, and they start telling you that we don't have a Bible, I'd run from that. 
I'd avoid that. I would reject that because when you start to question the authority of the Word of God, you have already begun your exit from the faith. You've already taken some steps in the wrong direction that in, eventually they're going to lead you away from the Word of God and from the truth. How about this? There are some people who exit because they do not believe that they need the church. Friend, I want to tell you, I believe that we need the local New Testament church. I believe it is God's plan. Now, we have a perfect Bible, um, but I want to tell you this. We don't have a perfect church. And you say, I'm going to go find the perfect church and I'm going to join it. Don't do it because you'll mess it up. There's no such thing as a perfect church because churches are made up of sinful people like us. But can I tell you, just because you don't find the perfect church doesn't mean you don't go to church. You go to that church and you find a church that preaches the Bible and you get faithful and you get plugged in and you serve God and you encourage one another and you stick with it. If you don't stick with the church, I want to tell you, you're planning already and you're preparing for your exit. You won't stay with the word of God long if you don't make much of the church. I'll give you just a couple tonight. How about souls? Some churches place zero emphasis on souls being saved. Some churches place all the emphasis on, we're going to have a social club. We're going to have us four and no more. And we're going to make sure all of our members are comfortable. We're going to make sure we don't say anything to offend anybody because if we offend someone, eventually we're not going to have anybody left. Well, friend, it's not my desire to offend anybody. It's not my desire to pick a fight, but I want to remind you, we're not here uh, to, to try to be comfortable. We're not here to try to pat ourselves on the back, but we are here and God has placed us here for the purpose of going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. And when a church is no longer concerned about souls, when a church no longer believes that there is a heaven and there is a hell and people will go to one place or the other, when a church stops preaching Jesus, that church has announced its doom. We must make much of the church. I believe we must make much of souls and the Great Commission and why we are here. There is a teaching, and I hope you're, I hope you're aware of this. Uh, I hope you're aware because I believe you need to be aware because uh, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There is teaching amongst Bible-believing people, and it's a, it's, a, it's a leaning that many people are taking. It's this thing called Calvinism. And Calvinism, in a nutshell, and there's a whole lot we could talk about, a whole lot we could explain. But Calvinism really basically boils down to this. Some people were predestined to be saved, and some people were predestined to be lost. In other words, God appointed some people to go to heaven, and God appointed some people to go to hell. I got news for you. They didn't find that in the Bible. My Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My Bible says that Jesus came and he didn't just die for the elect. He didn't just die for a select few, but Jesus died for the sins of all the world. And friend, I want to tell you, don't, don't get mixed up in that philosophy. Don't get mixed up in that teaching. Because if you do, I promise you, you are setting yourself up for an exit. Because then all of a sudden, we don't need to run buses. 
We don't need to send missionaries. We don't need to pass tracts. We don't need to knock on doors. We don't need to present the gospel to anybody because, hey, if they're going to get saved, they'll get saved. And if they're not, they won't even if we tell them. You know, the Bible still says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I like what one preacher said about those who have been predestined. He said, God has chosen to choose those that choose him. And can I tell you, anybody that will say yes to Jesus and anybody that will receive Christ, that person can be born again and that person can be saved. I don't want to see people exit. I don't want to see people get away from God. I don't want to see people get away from uh, serving God and living for God. I don't want to see people get away from making Jesus Christ first in their life. But what about this? I think about godliness. Many churches today <clears throat> no longer believe that it's important to live godly. Many churches today don't believe it's important to live pure or live holy. Many churches today, they say, we want to be as much like the world as we can because we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable around us. Well, friend, again, I'm not trying to make people uncomfortable. I'm not walking into a restaurant or walking into a store and seeing how many people I can irritate. But I want to remind you that we as Christians, we ought to let our light shine. And you know what the light does? The light stands out. The light exposes the darkness and the light exposes the sin and the light says, hey, there's only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus. And the light says, you can't live however you want. You can't do whatever you want. You and I, if we're going to have the joy of the Lord and the peace of God, we're going to have to live holy and godly and separated and righteous in this day. Amen. Watch out for silly teaching. Watch out for ungodly, unbiblical philosophies that are contrary to the Word of God. Stay away from it. Refuse it. Don't go close. If you went uh, to the grocery store tonight and you were paying for your groceries or you went to the restaurant, you're paying for your food, and the server came back and the server gave you the change from the meal, and the server said, now, I hope you don't mind, but Earlier in the day, someone gave us some counterfeit money. And we're just going to go ahead and give it to you. And we're just going to, it looks so much like the real thing. And, you know, you hope you don't mind, but this $20 bill, it's a little bit longer and it's a little bit wider. And, you know, it's kind of a different color. But if you don't mind, we're going to give it back to you. I promise you this, you would not say, oh, sure, I'd be happy to take the counterfeit. As a matter of fact, I'll stick it in my wallet. And I'll, I'll be able to tell the difference. You know what you do? You'd reject it. And as God's people, we must reject that which is contrary and that which is contradictory to the Word of God. We must stay uh, with the faith and not depart from the faith, but we must uh, be grounded and we must be rooted and we must be built upon the doctrine of the Word of God. Quickly, I want you to see tonight, not only those that exit, but there are those that exercise. Exercise is hard work. Exercise takes time. Exercise is not easy. You say, how do you know that? Because they have done studies, and I, one survey I read, they say that less than 5% of adults in the United States of America exercise for 30 minutes or more every day. Less than 5%. You know why not everybody does it? It takes time. It's hard work. It takes some commitment. And you know, 
I always have an idea like, you know, I need to exercise. But then I sit down on the couch. Whew. Let me tell you, that couch feels good. And then, I, and then I, get, I get some food, and I eat a little bit of food. And, you know, after you eat food, it's not a good time to exercise. Oh, man, then after that, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Oh, maybe tomorrow, you know, and that's kind of the way we do it. But can I tell you, we need some Christians who will get off the couch spiritually. We need some Christians who will exercise themselves unto godliness. You see, bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. This uh, report I read, they said, when you don't exercise, are you ready for this? When you don't exercise, it affects your brain. It uh, it's a, gives you a risk of heart disease. When you don't exercise, it affects your mental health. It gives you a risk of diabetes. It gives you an increased risk of cancer. It weakens your muscles. It weakens your bones. Uh, a lack of exercise can lead to premature death. That's encouraging. A lack of exercise produces unhealthy eating habits and vice versa, right? A lack of exercise affects your cholesterol. A lack of exercise will give you trouble sleeping. A lack of exercise will hurt your immune system. A lack of exercise will hurt your digestive system. A lack of exercise will cause you to gain weight. And after I read that list, I thought, you know, I probably need to exercise a little bit more because I don't like that list. But I want to tell you, spiritually speaking, we're seeing Christians who are sick and weak and lazy and anemic and we're seeing Christians that are falling off the vine and Christians that are dying out left and right and Christians that are quitting. And the reason is because we're not exercising ourselves to godliness. Notice quickly, number one, I see in verse number six, the Bible says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained, number one, if we're going to exercise unto godliness, we must remember. We must remember uh, the benefits of exercising ourselves spiritually. Number two, we've already talked about it, but we must refuse some things. Verse 7, we must reject some things. We must say no to some things. We must say no to the potato chips spiritually, right? We must say no to the, the couch spiritually. We must say no to always sleeping and always sitting around and always doing nothing. We must say no to those things and we must say yes to serving God. We must reject, number three, we must do right. We must do right. We must do right every day. Verse seven, we must exercise ourselves unto godliness. We must do it on a daily basis. We must do it with discipline and we must do it with dedication. I have with me, I've got some, got some dumbbells here, and uh, I use these in the uh, children's choir, and I had some of our children lift these. I actually had Maddie Fenera. She was lifting these weights, and I want to tell you, that girl, Lydia, that girl's strong. Uh, she was lifting these weights like it was nothing. She had the five-pound weight, and she was doing that, just, just doing it. I said, are you tired yet, Maddie? Not really. I said, you think you can do that very long? Maybe. And then I gave her the 10-pound weight, and the 10-pound, it was getting a little bit harder, right? And then I gave her the 25-pound weight. And I want to tell you, she held that up. She didn't, she didn't lift it too many times, but she held it up. And I told the children, I said, it's like this. If you're going to exercise physically, it takes a daily 
determination, right? You don't just pick up, if you have not been exercising, if you have not been lifting weights, you don't just pick up this 25-pound dumbbell and you don't just lift it, do 100 reps, unless your brother Dan, you know, brother Dan could come up here right now and he could probably uh, whip out 100 reps easy. But most of us couldn't do that, right? You know what you have to do? You have to build up. You have to do a little bit at a time. And in the Christian life, you know how you exercise into godliness? One day at a time. You read some Bible today, and you read some Bible tomorrow, and you read some Bible the next day, and you, you get stronger, and you memorize the Scripture, and you live it, and then the next thing you know, you go up to the next weight, and now all of a sudden, you're not just carrying the weight for yourself, but now you're carrying the weight for a family, or a Sunday school class, or a, uh, uh, some co-workers, and you're bearing their burdens, and you're praying for them, and you're talking to them, and you're helping them. And then you're working on a bus route and you're singing in a choir and you're going out soul winning and you're building because of exercise on a daily basis. May God help us not just to be the couch potato spiritually, but may God help us to be someone who exercises. I believe as Christians, we should be getting stronger every day. I understand we've been through an unusual time with COVID, but can I tell you, we ought to have a stronger walk with God on this 32nd anniversary of Victory Baptist Church than we had for the 31st anniversary. The more that the longer we live, the closer we ought to be to God, the more time we should spend in prayer, the more time we should walk with God, the more time we should exercise ourselves unto godliness. Then number four, we must review. Notice verse number eight, for bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. You know what Paul is telling Timothy here? He said you need to review your priorities and see what really matters. And what really matters is not just the here and now, but what matters is eternity. The promises of this life and the life that is to come. And then lastly, verse number 9, this is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptation. You know what that means? This book and these truths are reliable. You can count on it. I've said it so many times, but uh, I'm so confused. I'm so confused over this last year. I'm so confused over the pandemic. I'm so confused over the politics. I'm so confused over all that's going on in this world. And if I dwell on those things, I'll stay confused. But if I live in this book right here, I won't be confused because I have a reliable and you have a reliable foundation and authority whereby we can live. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.